Thank you for tuning into the City Church California podcast. We exist for anyone to believe in God, to become who God created them to be, and to build the church and our city. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so that you can be updated anytime we add new content. Now let's check out the latest message from our Sunday gathering. challenge you as we go through these five chapters, and we're going to do that in July and August, our lives will not be changed unless this word gets within us. And one of my favorite verses in James, it's in chapter one, that we receive with meekness the engrafted word of God that is able to save our souls. So I want to receive the word of God. And today we're going to begin to talk about that we endure tests, but we overcome temptation. Did you get that? You may want to chat that. I'm going to have you say it with me in a moment. I want to say several times we endure tests, but we overcome temptation. And, and you must know this, in the 15 months, the whole world has been under a test like we have never seen. But we're called to endure a test, but we overcome a temptation. And there is no book like the book of James. It is the first book that was written in uh Uh, the New Testament. Uh, James, the author, is the brother of Jesus Christ, and he didn't always believe in Jesus Christ, but then he became a believer, then he became a servant, then he became a leader in the first church in Jerusalem. And so he starts off, you're going to look at verse 2, but I'm going to quote for you uh, verse 1. It says, James, and if I was James, and I was a half-brother of Jesus, I'd have said, James, the half-brother of Jesus. I'd have just name-dropped right there. But he didn't because he knew that he had met the Lord. He said, James, a bondservant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, greetings. And again, that word in the Greek, greetings, it isn't just saying, how are you, chill, may, hola, como esta? No, it means rejoice and keep on rejoicing. Rejoice and keep on rejoicing. So now let's go. We're going to look at verses 2 and 8. Let me just stop. I, I want to uh, make it clear. No other book in the Bible has this long of uh, verses on trials or tests in temptation. James is writing how to overcome temptation and how to endure trial, and it is for us. Now, again, this book is not written to an unbeliever. It's written to a believer, and it's not a book really about believing. It's a book about becoming, and I want to become all that God created me to be. Can you say amen? And so I'm going to begin to read. You read with me. He says this, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Everyone say patience. How many of you ever prayed for patience? Never do it. Trust me. But let patience have its perfect work. Why should we let patience have its perfect work? That you and I may be perfect, complete, lacking nothing. I want to say that again. James just defined that word perfect for you and I in the scripture. Why do we want patience to have its perfect work? That you and I may be perfect, 
complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask uh, of God who gives to all liberally. So if you need wisdom, you ask God and he will give it to you liberally without reproach. I think it's the new American standard. I love what they say without finding fault. And can I say there's not one person in here that doesn't have a fault. But can I tell you, God's not going to give you this wisdom because you're perfect in and of yourself, but we are made complete or perfect through Jesus Christ. Amen. And I love this. It says, verse six, but let him ask in faith with no doubting for he who doubts is like the wave of the sea and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double minded man and he is unstable in all his ways. I want to begin to go uh, back. I'm going to give you three phrases. Now get this in the beginning of chapter one, verses two to seven and we just read that he's dealing with a test and I want you to say outside, outside. say inside, inside. say outward inward. You see, tests are outward. They come from the outside. In a test, if you look up this word in the Greek, it means a pressure that comes on our soul, our emotions, our mind, and it begins to put pressure on us. And sometimes when we face pressure from the outside, we could cave into that pressure, or sometimes we begin to medicate. I know when Becky was going through treatment eight years ago, I kind of ate my way through that treatment. And that's how I was handling pressure. But Paul never said, when you're going through outward pressure, buy a gallon of ice cream. When you're going through the test of your life, eat more Snickers at night. Paul never said, when you're going through it, you know, just chill and go on a walk. He said these words, count it all joy. Say that with me, count it Say it again. Now, get this. He didn't say count half joy. He didn't say when you feel like it, uh, uh, count it all joy. And again, the ending word of verse 1 is greeting. Keep rejoicing and keep rejoicing. Count it all joy, my brother, when pressure comes from the outside. Now, get this. I want you to begin to reflect with me. Joy is not happiness. You see, usually we're happy by what's happening to us. Joy is an inner quality. Now, get this. The Bible says, in Hebrews chapter 12 that for the joy set before him Jesus Christ endured the worst pressure that has ever come on a human being and that was the crucifixion. I love this. The Bible says the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace in the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? I like this. Everyone say this. I say the joy of the Lord is my strength. And so he says, count it all joy when you face trials of many kinds. Why? Knowing. Say that with me. Knowing. Say it again. If you're online, I want you to chat that just the word no. Now that is a faith word. And you see, when God allows a test to come, I want you to hear me. God never allows pressure from the outside to destroy us. He only allows things to come in our lives. It's not um, uh, to destroy us, but to prove the faith that he has put within us. And you know what really James is saying? He's saying, my brothers, my sisters, when you face these tests, of many 
many kind. He says it is a sheer gift from God because that's when your faith shines and its colors come out. Have you ever seen someone under pressure and they say this, oh, now they're showing their real colors. Can I tell you right now, when I go and you go through a trial, a test, something that's outward, we're not showing our real colors. We have an opportunity to show the colors of Jesus Christ. Amen. So everyone say, count it all joy. Say knowing. Say it again, knowing. And I love this. It says, knowing that the test of your faith develops patience. Now, I'm going to come back to that word in a moment. Say this with me. Say, count it all joy. You guys are awesome. You make me laugh. You said it just the way I did. Count it all joy. Okay, if you're online, I want you to chat. And get this. One of my favorite autobiographies. And if you have a middle schooler, you should read this book to him this summer. It's by the missionary George Mueller. And it's on his life as a missionary. And George Mueller said he would have so much pressure come on him, believing for the missions in China and around the world, he felt that pressure. And he said what he would do in the morning before the sun would get up, he would begin to read the scriptures, and he said this, and they said, well, how long you would read? He said, I would read until divine happiness came upon me, and I experienced the great exchange that I gave him my weakness, and he gave me his presence and his strength. When we say count it all joy. That, you know, turns lemons to lemonade, scars to stars. I'm saying it's not positive thinking because then I say right now, our world is hurting. People are suffering. People in California are trying to reopen their lives. We have been through one of the greatest tests of the world in modern times. And God's not winking at it. He says, well, come, come on, be positive. He is saying that you can have an experience where his divine presence comes on you. Even though you're going through hell, you can have heaven expressed on the inside of you. And I like it that he said, count it all joy. He didn't say, you know, oh, uh, count it uh, depression or put your count into a person or a government or an education or a job or your money. But count it all joy because God began the work in me. He's going to complete it to the day of Jesus Christ. So I want you to write that down. Just, I'm going to give you three things from this scripture. Then we're going to go to the inside temptation. He says, count it all joy. So this is what I want you to do. And I want to do this. Watch what you're feeling. Watch what you're feeling. Count it all joy means pay attention to your emotions and what you're feeling. And that's what James is saying. Then I like this next part. I want you to uh, read this with me. He says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Now, the word in the Greek for patience is hoopamony. I'm not going to make you chat it, and I'm not going to make you say it. But hoopamony literally means this, to hear under. Remember in Hebrews it says, through faith and patience, hoopamony, you receive the promise. Now get this, we're not going to receive the promise just through faith. You have to have hoopamony, which means you come under. So I want you to write this down, endure with patience. Write that down. Endure with patience. Write that down. And you know what that is? You know what it is? When we endure with patience, I'm watching. Say this with me. I'm watching. Say that with me. 
I'm watching you. I'm watching myself. I'm watching my attitude and my actions. During the last 15 months, I'm telling you, I would wake up and I would have an attitude that just went sideways. But I had to remember that I wanted to hear under, hear me right now, right now. I wanted to hear what God said. As we were in a political year, we have a global pandemic. I would get emails every day, some from conservatives, some from liberals, some saying wear a mask, others saying why are you wearing a mask, some saying please do not take the vaccine, it's the mark of the beast, it's like we already took it and it's not the mark of the beast. And my mind would go like this and I really experienced what James is saying, if you lack wisdom, ask of God who's not going to send you an email judging you and he's going to give you wisdom liberally that when you ask, do not be like a man who's double-minded, he becomes like a wave of the sea. I had to watch my attitude and my actions and put my mind and faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And I love that. Everyone say, count it all joy. So we watch what we're feeling. Everyone say, endure with patience. You know what that is? We watch our attitude in action. But I want you to write this next one down. And I really love this. Ask for wisdom. Ask for wisdom. And you know what we do? We watch our perspective. Now, I want you to follow me. In the Greek, when he says, if anyone lacks wisdom, that's not a one-time event. That's like, oh, uh, what is the answer on this test? It's a constant, continual state of the human mind. That the human mind lacks wisdom. But guess who never lacks wisdom? Infinite wisdom. Jesus Christ. So we ask God for wisdom. So say this with me. Say, count it all joy. Say, uh, endure with patience. And you know how you endure really and how I endure it means to come under and we, we hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to us in, in the midst of this trial. And then say this with me, say, ask for wisdom. And, and I love it. Chapter four, it says you have not because you ask not. But when you do ask, you ask amiss, wanting to spend it on your own desires. Now, let me tell you this. God will never, ever. God has never tested any believer. And this is written to believers. And when we go through a test, now, I do not think a test or a trial uh, develops Christ in me. And when I would read James and I would read Romans 5 and I would read Peter, where it talks about suffering in difficult times for a Christian, I was always trying to think, well, it's developing my character. Until one day the Lord spoke to me. He said, you have no character. He says, when you, and he says, neither does any other believer. And what James is getting at, please hear me. He's coming against a Jewish mindset, Jewish believers who had what theologians would call retribution theology, that if I give a dollar, then God's going to give me $10. If I do this, God's going to do that. If I do this, God's going to do that. And all of a sudden, it's Deuteronomy 28. If you obey the Lord, you're going to be blessed. You're going to be blessed in the city, blessed in the country, blessed when you stand, blessed when you sit, blessed when you go out, blessed when you come in. Everything, you're going to be blessed. But all of a sudden these believers are not being blessed and they're wondering if they have genuine faith and James is saying when it looks like the blessing is hindered, delayed, or resisted, God began a good work in you and he didn't allow this to come to destroy you but to prove what he put within you. So I want you to say this with me, say test or outward. Say I endure test. I overcome temptation. 
Now, I want you to get this. When the boys were young and we would take them skiing or snowboarding, Jude, his first few times, he was only about five years old. Uh, he said, Dad, he went a half-day ski lesson. He goes, I want to go on the double black diamond. I said, you're not going on the expert run. Let's, let's see if you could ski the beginner, the green dot. And he skied that down. He made snow plow. He made a pizza, then a hot dog. He said, Dad, I want to go on the double black diamond. I said, no, let's see if you could do the blue square, intermediate. He would ski that. Can I tell you, we let him go on the black diamond when we saw he had the ability to navigate such a mountain. When God allows a test in your life, in my life, can I tell you right now, he's not doing it to destroy you. He knows knows what he has put within you and it will pass the test. When you buy a car, you usually test drive it and you're doing it because you think this car is going to be all that they say it is. Can I say God is for us. God began a good work. God cannot fail. Come on. He is the beginning and the end. Now, I want you to go back to James, and we're going to begin to look at 13 to 15, and we're going to go into temptation, but I want to stop, and I want to thank all the leaders of this church. I personally think, and I believe in having strong faith. I want to say it another way. I believe in having great faith, but I believe faith without wisdom is unattractive. I believe faith without wisdom can be reckless. I believe in this last year, I, I personally want to thank the exec team, the pastor, staff, non-staff. You guys, I stand before you today, 15 months later, City Church is better now than she was before COVID. And we didn't just get a little wisdom. It seemed like every week, every day on how to reopen, what to do. God not only strengthened our faith, he gave us a wisdom. And we have been living those verses. If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives liberally, generously, without finding fault. But he who asks must believe in not doubt because if you doubt you become like a wave of the sea and then all of a sudden you become unstable. I don't want my soul to experience a destabilization during this time. I feel the anchor of God in my soul because of the wisdom that came from the team, the word, and the spirit. Yeah. Amen. I want you to clap for the team. My gosh. An amazing team. So once again, say this with me. Say Test are outward, but we have to endure tests. But you overcome temptation. Now, nowhere in the Bible do they have this much on temptation. And he uses a birthing analogy, all right? So here we go. We're going to read these words. This is James chapter 1, and he's connecting outward test and inward temptations. He's connecting outward test and inward uh, temptation. He goes, let no one say, I love this, let no one say when he is tempted. Let me just stop right there. Everybody's going to be tempted. Don't look that righteous. Someone asked Billy Graham. Billy Graham, he was older in age. The pastor of America. They said, when will you never be tempted? He chuckled. He said, when I go to heaven. Everyone is tempted. Everyone is tempted. Even Becky is tempted. Pastor Jude's really tempted. Now get this. Let no one say when he is tempted, I'm tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. Do you get that? And you know, get this. Nor does he himself tempt anyone. Verse 14, please get this. But one is tempted. I want to say it again. But one is tempted. Not by the devil. 
Not by COVID, not by culture, not by the conservatives, not by the liberals, not by the independents. Get this, but one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires. That we're tempted when we're drawn away by our own desires. Have you ever, you, you're too young, this group is too young. But if you're in my age cul-de-sac, you'd remember the comedian Flip Wilson. <laughs> and he was on a show called Laughing. And he, this is so old, most of you weren't even born then. But he would say these words, the devil made me do it. Can I tell you? No, your own desire made you do it. Did you hear that? So get this. It says he's drawn away by his own desires and then enticed. Then when, when desire has conceived, do you get that? It's a birthing language. When desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin, uh, and sin, when it is full grown, brings death. All right? Everyone say own desires. Say it again. Now, I want to begin to talk to you. And we will end in the next few minutes. This is a Sharpie. It is a marker. And Paul, not Paul, James, what he's doing right there, he's giving you and I a a fail-proof way on how to overcome temptation at every point. Now, let me just tell you, this is a Sharpie. Now, I don't know, why why did it fall? I let it go. Why did it drop? I, I just let it go. Why did it drop? Now, in the laws of the universe, when I drop this Sharpie, It is the law of gravity that is pulling the Sharpie down. Now, this could be a Christian Sharpie. Oh, it just fell. It could be a Buddhist Sharpie. Oh, it just tempted. It could be an atheist. Oh, this one's Catholic. Oh, Mother Mary, help. Oh, it fell. This would be a bedside Baptist. Oh, help me, Billy Graham. Come on. And the law of sin is much like the law of gravity. Now, can I say right now, there is a higher law to the law of sin. And that is the law of the spirit of life that is in Jesus Christ. So Paul begins to tell you and I, how can we overcome something that's inward? How can we overcome? So he starts off, write this word down, desire. That we're drawn away, and I'm going to come back at the end of this sermon, and I'm going to tell you what desire, I mean, entice and drawn away. Drawn away and entice. What does that mean in the Greek? But he says it starts with a desire. So put the word desire down. Now, for a woman to have a child, she's going to have something from her body that is called an egg, and she will get something from a man's body, which is called seed. And so a desire is where temptation begins. Uh, the seed is the temptation or the opportunity. So I want you to put opportunity. So James is saying that when we have desire and it meets opportunity and it intersects, it conceives sin with, it can conceive sin in our hearts. Now, let me just say this to you. I don't care how much opportunity that you and I have. I think one mistake that we can make by raising our kids and only saying, no, you can only go to a Christian school. You can only do this because we do not want them to be tempted. Well, can I tell you, what are we going to do? Move somewhere where there's no people and we still would be tempted because temptation does not begin with temptation. It begins with desire. I'll never forget one time. I don't know. Maybe I had an argument with Becky. There's Pastor Jude. This is a Sharpie. He's Pastor Jude. I don't know. Maybe I had an unlawful thought. I know you never have unlawful thoughts. And I, I, I was praying. And I, I kid you not, I got emotional. And we got to go, I hate my sin. 
I hate it. And all of a sudden, I heard God laughing on the inside of me. And he goes, no, you don't. He goes, you love it. He said, why don't you invite me into that desire and I will transform that desire. I don't, let me just say this. The devil will never tempt you or I with any area of our life where we don't have the desire. Like personally, I do not have a desire to lick an ashtray. It could be a diamond ashtray, a ruby ashtray. It could have pearls in the ashtray. I don't have a desire to lick an ashtray. I don't have a desire to smell this Sharpie marker. I don't have a desire to sniff a dirty diaper. Why? I just don't have that desire. Satan will never give me an opportunity where there is no desire. And what we try to do is fight against the opportunity instead of inviting the God who came into our heart to change your desire. Does that make sense? So I would say this, be aware of your desires. And you know, now, Becky, when I go contrary uh, to Christ's likeness, she will always pull, she'll go, Pastor Jude. And, and, and that's telling me, um, man, you better get your act straight right now. Can I tell you right now, it's not my integrity because my integrity is broken. But when I go through a test and I'm going through temptation, what I need is to catch that desire and say, God, you need to change my heart right now. I love this. Can you give me a hatred for the very thing that I love? And God will change your desires. And when that happens, opportunity and temptation loses its effect and authority in your life. So say these words when you say desire, opportunity, say drawn away, and entice. Now, I, this is, he says, it says, uh, each one is drawn away. Read it. Go back. Look at your scripture. Look at your phone. Look at your Bible. It says, each one is drawn away. Please get this. By his or her own desire. Now, get this. The key scripture for James, if you are a hearer of the word and not a doer, get this, you deceive yourself. You know what's the danger of being a pastor for all these years? You know how many sermons I've heard? So that means I, I have a lot more opportunity, not only to hear so many sermons, but to begin to have those sermons live in me. And if I'm not living them, then I deceive myself. I'm going to tell you some. I'm going to drop a revelation on you. When I was meditating on that verse last week, the Spirit of God spoke to my mind. He said, self-deception opens the door for satanic uh, deception. He says, the number one, please get it, the number one thing, weapon that the devil has against you and I is deception. You know what's bad about deception? You don't know you are. If you knew you were deceived, then you wouldn't be deceived any longer. And you say, well, how can the devil come and deceive me? He's not like an infomercial that you see on Instagram that you get abs overnight and you still get to eat Krispy Kreme donuts. He comes because he sees we're hearing, but we're not living. We deceive ourselves and it opens a door for him to come in and deceive us. Everyone say desire, opportunity. Now say drawn away. It says each is drawn away and enticed by his own desire. Get this. And when sin is born, it gives, it gives birth to sin. And then when it's grown up, it, gives, it becomes a warrior. Now just get this. The band's going to come up and we're going to begin to end. I want to tell you this. That you, when you have a desire and you don't act on it, that's not a sin. You hear me? It's when we act on a desire that it becomes a sin. Now get this. Do you know my little Quincy's about 15 months? 
And he says my name. This is how he says my name. Jude. Jude. And he walk, he's a little bit, his legs are a little bit bowed out. He walks like this. Now listen to me. In the Old Testament, they said if they went into the enemy's country, this is going to be really gruesome. It says, take their young babies and execute them. In fact, they said, dash them on the rocks. And I never understood that. But you see, really, it was a picture. And what James is teaching the Jewish believers is this. If your desire met an opportunity and it brought forth a baby called sin in your life, and sin means you're missing the mark, don't let it mature. Don't let it grow up. Don't let it become a warrior. And isn't it amazing how someone could start maybe with a little flirting and then all of a sudden it's a full-blown affair or a little drinking or a little bit of substance and all of a sudden they're an addict. And what James is saying, when you and I, our desire meets an opportunity and we blow it, man, get back up and don't allow that to become a strong man in your life. But remember, you have a stronger man, Jesus Christ, living on the inside of you. Amen. Now, I want you to write these words, and this is where we're going to end. Do you see this? This, this is me. This Sharpie represents me. Oh, there's Pastor Jude. It's the law of gravity. Now, what can make, what can hold this plane, uh, this pin up? It's the law of aerodynamics. When you get on a plane and it lifts off the ground, it does not mean the law of gravity has been eradicated. It's still there. But you have a higher law that supersedes it. So the key is Romans 8.1. Therefore, there's now no condemnation if your desire met opportunity. Why? For those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk after the law of sin and death. They're not letting gravity pull them down any longer, but they're walking after the law of the spirit of life in Jesus Christ. We get into the plane called Jesus, and he supersedes that gravitational pull to our lower, lesser selves, and we become who God created us to be. Amen. Now, I want you to write these words down, and this is where we're going to end today. I want you to write these words down. Drawn away and entice. Drawn away and entice. Becky's father, before alligator people, was the number one alligator hunter in the state of Louisiana. He was known all over southern Louisiana as one of the top hunters, fishermen, and my, I had uncles that were Mr. Toledo Ben, Mr. Bass. They would make lures. Her dad was that type of guy. And so they go, come on, let's take Jude fishing. We were first married. We go fishing with her dad. He goes, this is my special lure. Now don't lose it. All of a sudden I got pressure and it's like, oh God. And I, and I was not enjoying fishing. So it's like the only thing I was focusing on is trying not to get the lure with all the hooks on it snagged under a cypress tree underneath the water. The third cast, and it was a good cast. All of a sudden, it, I, I'm trying to get it. He starts trolling away, and then he, and I just pushed the button on the reel. And he goes, did you get it snagged? That's my number one lure. I asked you not to lose it. I thought, I didn't ask you to use it, <laughs> you know? 
and I wasn't rude because I've been respectful to her dad, but I wanted to be. <laughs> so he lost, I lost his number one Lord. Now get me, get me, get me. Man, James is amazing. It's a book on becoming. If you face a test, oh my God, has the world faced it? It says various manifold tests. We had tests come this last 15 months like I have never seen. But I stand before you and I say, you know what? My faith colors are shining pretty good. And it's not my faith, it's Jesus Christ, the author and the finish of my faith. It's not a creed, it's not a religion, it's Christ himself. But you know what? Sometimes when we have pressure like that, if we don't cave in, sometimes we want to medicate. And that leads to temptation. Then we begin, to, when we literally yield to the opportunity, we start blaming it on the devil, our spouse, someone else. It says each one, get this, is drawn away and enticed by their own desires. Get this, fishing lure. Fish, and I'm acting like I really know about fish. You know, fish, when they're under the water, they hide either seaweed or rock. And that this is a hunting fishing term. It means to be lured. There's a restaurant in Ventura called Lure. And it serves seafood. And to serve seafood, the fish had to be lured, baited. Now, what happens, this word that he chose, lured means they come out from the rock, the hiding place, and then they see something that appears to be food, desirable, but it's not. And then they're hooked. They're baited. The fisherman has them. Can I tell you, you want to know a secret? I don't think God is having a breakdown when you and I have a wrong desire. But can I tell you what he wants you and I to do is when I get into that vulnerable place, go back to the hiding place. And who is my hiding place? It's a safe place. It's a secret place. It is Jesus Christ. You know, the goal is, you know, I, I don't want to get caught. I'm not Nemo. But Nemo needed to go back to the hiding place. And that's how we overcome temptation. Can you say amen? amen? Will you stand up? My goodness. I'm sweating. God is our hiding place. I want you to do this. Maybe put your hand on your heart or do this. I want to pray for tests. Test her outward. And God never tests you to destroy you. He never will do it. He knows what's in you because he put faith in you. And he's not doing it to destroy you. In fact, I'm, I'm sensing right now, Michelle, Lisa, online, my Lord, you're going to feel a strength that comes from the inside out. And you, because there have been times in your life, it seems like the test comes and it keeps coming and it keeps coming. Almost like the battering of the waves of the ocean. But Lori, you're going to begin to experience a sovereign joy. And joy is not happiness. Joy is of God. And for the joy set before him, he endured. There's going to be an endurance in you. And you're not going to lose it. I'm telling you, God loves you and is going to bless you. But I want to pray if you're going through a test. I want to pray if you're being tempted. Now I'm going to ask a question. And you're going to have to change. Some of you are doing this. Some are doing this. How many of you have been tempted in the last week? Now, if you didn't raise your hand, you're probably not telling the truth. Okay, or you already took the bait and you just don't know it. So let me ask it again, online, raise your hand, unless you're driving. How many of you have been tempted in the last week? 
It's not your spouse, it's not your ex, it's not your family, it's not Satan, it's your own desire. So now this is where the prayer starts. God, I need you to come and invade my desires. The good ones, the bad ones, the ugly ones. God, I need you to move into that part of the house called Jude Fuquay. And God, I want a transformed heart. Lord, you said the new covenant would be that you would write your laws, your word on our hearts, and we would have a new heart with a new spirit in a new mind. And God, I pray right now, transform our desires. And God, it will not matter how many opportunities that are thrown at us. God, we're not running to the opportunity. We're running to the hiding place. We're running to Jesus Christ, our hiding place. And we declare right now we have new desires. We have a new will. We have a new heart in Jesus' mighty name. And we will overcome inward temptations. We're winning and we will endure outer tests. And God, we thank you that our faith is going to come out in its full colors, O oh Lord, and it will shine like a star on a dark night. In Jesus' name, we ask for wisdom. God, I pray constant wisdom daily for all of us as we're entering, exiting COVID season. God, we want wisdom. We want our faith to have a wisdom that is patient and inherits the promise in Jesus' name. We so appreciate you spending time with us. If you'd like to invest into what God is doing through City Church California, you can go to our website, citychurchca.com, and click Give. Thanks again, and we hope to see you at one of our campuses this Sunday.